If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hello, hello. Hi, Teddy. Welcome to the first episode of 2023. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now I want you to imagine, right? You're like 22. And, <laughs> and you're American and you're supposed to go on exchange. And in some places, it's called Erasmus, study abroad, but you know what I mean. Yep. Anyway, you're pretty happy and you're going to Hong Kong. Okay, I guess it's quite exotic for... In American, American, right? Yeah, Yeah, and it's nice because it's so different, but most people there can speak English. Mm -hmm. And it's clean and it's modern, so you know, there's a lot of opportunity for education and experience. And dim sum. Yeah, Hong Kong food is so good. Michelle and I have been dying to go to Hong Kong for Hong Kong breakfast. Mm-hmm. But just for breakfast, we'll fly in, in the morning and eat <laughs> breakfast and then fly out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so like most people before or after exchange, you'll go travel, right? Or maybe even during exchange, you'll probably go travel. Yeah, that's true. All right. What do you think is one of the... Not that I'm saying like one of the... Because like there's a lot of ill-considered places. One of the most ill-considered places that you can go. You know, because this can mean a lot of different things to different people. Mm, I guess it depends on the time period. If it was like a couple of months ago, probably going to China <laughs> would be a bad <laughs> idea with all the quarantine and everything. Okay, but I consider this one very ill-considered because everyone already knows it's dangerous and the government, the man in charge, is extremely unstable. Oh, Russia. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me? (laughs) What? No, no. Okay, you know, even with all these things in mind, I think that one day I would also like to gather in and take a peek at the Hermit Kingdom, North Korea. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? I think a lot. <laughs> Hi, I'm Teddy. And I'm Ruben. And welcome to A Briefcase. Today, we're covering the case of Otto Wambier, an American college student imprisoned by the North Korean state. Let's start with Otto Wambier. So this case is very sad, and honestly, it reads like somebody who just got like in over his head. So Otto was born on 12th December 1994, so he was also born in the year of the wood dog. Yeah, so he was born in Cincinnati, Ohio, to Cynthia 
and Fred Wombier. And through this case, nobody can deny their love and their dedication to their son. And this shows up in the kind of person he became when he was growing up. He was Jewish through his mother. And he actually visited Israel on a birthright trip. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he attended Wyoming High School. And he was considered a very popular, very studious. When you look at pictures of him, he looks like an all-American boy. Right. And he was generally very smart. He graduated in 2013 as a salutarian, which is like second place to valedictorian. Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing apparently. Yeah, but like it. second in school is pretty damn yeah, good. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so he gets into the University of Virginia, which is a good school. And you can tell that this boy is smart because he does a double major in commerce and economics. Okay. And he also does a minor in global sustainability. And he was also part of the Theta Chi fraternity. So, you know, he was probably like pretty popular, well socialized. He knew how to get on. I guess. I'm not too familiar with the fraternity culture. Yeah. What if they're, they're probably like nerd fraternities too, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they are. No, you look at his picture, you know he's not a nerd. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, so Otto, he's always been interested in other cultures and he's a big traveller. When he was 22, he's already done trips to Europe, to Cuba, to Ecuador. That's very well-travelled for a young person. And this exchange trip to Hong Kong, it wasn't even his first. He did another exchange trip to the London School of Economics, which is a very fancy-schmancy university. Yeah, yeah. in the UK. And now, in early 2016, he would have been somewhere between his second and third year of university. I'm not too sure with American universities. But he decides that he wants to visit North Korea. And honestly, I get it, the fascination. Like, I think it's like this imaginary, cold, brutalist land, North Korea. Like, I can't imagine anywhere that's, like, even remotely like it. Maybe the old Eastern European satellite states, mm. if you if you are somewhere to visit. So, and there's also all these rumours, like, the gulags, the propaganda, the dictator worship, the fake grocery store food. Yeah. And it's impossible to imagine a land where people have so little freedom, but there it is, North Korea. So, there's this tour company called Young Pioneers Group and they are a budget tour operator and they were set up by two New Zealanders and their slogan is destinations your mother would rather you stayed away from. <laughs> what other countries do they service? <laughs> like, uh, if I'm not wrong, it's like Chernobyl and like all the shady But some of these places you can't go without like anyway. a... Yeah, no, but apparently the tour company has been very good at establishing... Permissions. They started because they wanted to make tours through North Korea affordable. And usually it's about 2,000 euros, which is a lot for mm. a uni student. Yep. And so that's for perspective of most 3,000 Singapore dollars just for the tour, not including flights and everything. But Young Pioneers tours, they were offering tours for less than half. So that's like 795 euros. And that's like a thousand plus thing. And I don't think that North Korea is somewhere that you should be doing a budget trip to. I don't think you can though. I'm not sure. I've never been. But I think you have to book like a, a government sanctioned tour. Yeah, and but there are young, these specific hotels that you can stay in. Yeah, but the Young Pioneers tour were a government, I guess kind of like they were allowed in. Yeah. But I don't know how they managed to get it so cheap. Hmm. Alright, but if you are interested, I did a Google and their website is still up except I guess in light of maybe this particular incident, they've changed from 
um, tours that your places that your mom would rather you stay away from to we do group tours for people who hate group tours. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. In fact, last year they had a Christmas in Pyongyang and DMZ tour, and they also have a New Year's Pyongyang tour. So I'm not quite sure what you do. Maybe just like fireworks or something. Hmm. But maybe you can book for next year. Thank you. Okay, so anyway, Otto went for one of these tours, and no one can blame him. If I was doing exchange in the Eastern Asian region, and like you were like, oh my god, Teddy, let's go to North Korea, I'd be like, hell yeah, let's go to North Korea. Mm. That's wild. So on 29th December 2015, he flies into Beijing and he goes on to North Korea. And his tour group just coincidentally was very American, which again is not a great idea because if you know anything about North Korean propaganda, you should know that uh, America is public enemy number one there. Right. But this is a short tour, it's like five days and I'm not going to go into the itinerary, but if you check out their website, you can probably get an idea of what the different tour schedules were like. They celebrate New Year's Eve in Kim Il-sung Square in Pyongyang. And then they go back to Yangkato International Hotel, which currently is the largest operating hotel in North Korea. And it's North Korea's first quote-unquote luxury hotel. Yeah, so, yeah, that was my understanding. That's why when we were talking about like budget tours, I think everybody stays in this hotel. <laughs> so you can't really do a budget tour, I think. I, or I maybe know. like you budget out yeah. on the food. Oh, or right. like maybe your yeah. bus is really shitty. I don't know. Yeah, you think people who go there like have like hawker food? Or <laughs> 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 is it all in the hotel? Yeah. Mm, so a twin bedroom is about $350 a night. So I think one way they make this a more budget tour is that you get a roommate. Right, okay. Yeah. So maybe if you went on like a nice luxury tour, you'd be like by yourself in a room. But like here you get a randomly assigned roommate. Okay. So I took a look at a couple of pictures and it's a pretty standard hotel apart from the whole North Korea vibe of it all, which is like something trapped in the 70s or 60s. It's like a giant pyramid. Yeah, it's like a giant pyramid. And so it has a revolving restaurant, two dining rooms. Japanese, Chinese, and Korean dining rooms on top of that, I think. There's a bowling alley, a pool room, a sauna, a barber shop, a massage spa, and a casino. I think the barber shop is a bit funny because you only have like a few <laughs> state-sanctioned haircuts, which I guess you can go and get cut there. Right. But in general, when you look at it, you're like, all right, all right. It's a pretty decent hotel, you know? Mm. And one interesting thing about the hotel is that it doesn't have a fifth floor. So, no, no, that's not right. It has a fifth floor, but you can't access it. Okay. So, there's no button on the lift. So, if you want to get there, you have to go to the sixth floor and walk down or the fourth floor and walk up. You have to go to this, but you can access it. You could if you really wanted to through the stairs. Right, okay. And usually travel agencies are like, oh, you know what? The fifth floor is just a service floor just for linens, cleanings, for operations. But allegedly, people who have snuck onto the fifth floor, they have found locked rooms and unlocked rooms. And in the unlocked rooms that they were able to get into, it's just all propaganda posters. So there's mm. like a lot of speculation that the fifth floor is like the monitoring floor for oh. foreign tourists. Because I assume if you go into North Korea, everything is bugged. Interesting though, if you were the architect of this building, yeah, would you put this on the fifth floor? <laughs> Wouldn't you put it in the basement or the top floor? Like away from it. Like, <laughs> rather people, than like the fifth right? floor that people be like, oh yeah, that, that makes, that's so weird. We should go check it out. But if it was in the top floor and it just took away the number from the lift, 
Yeah. People might not even know that. They might not even an... count it out, right? Yeah, no, or like, if okay, you just like put a fifth law and then you just like didn't have any indication because like I assume that now it's like you see the lift and it's one, two, three, four, six, yeah. eight, nine, ten. If you just like made the numbers Yeah, just like count the sixth floor, the fifth floor. Yeah, exactly. And then only people who know, which is like I guess the staff and whoever else is like their their secret service would know. Yeah. We fast forward a little to 2nd January 2016. Otto has celebrated New Year's in Pyongyang. The tour is over and Otto is about to board a plane at Pyongyang International Airport. But according to Danny, one of the other visitors in Otto's group, it goes like this. So he's going through like the whole airport thing, you know, check in your bags, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And then two guards, they just come up and they tap Otto on the shoulder and they lead him away. And Danny, the guy who, like, recounted this incident, he makes a joke. He's like, well, that's the last we'll see of you. I see. But this whole tour group that he was going with, they were all American. Not all of them, no. Uh, but it's a majority American tour group, yeah. So why this particular dude? Yeah, so nobody actually knows anything for a few weeks, all right? And at that point of time, Otto, he didn't seem worried at all. He was like, he was young, he has faith in the American government, he kind of, like, has mouth like you would imagine if let's say a singaporean on a north korean tour gets escorted away by north korean officials you would assume that the government would do something right right yeah so i assume that he assumed that surely america would do something Okay, so the rest of the tour group, they get on the plane and right before the plane leaves, a North Korean official hops on the plane and says, oh no, Otto is sick and he's gone to the hospital. And according to the Korean Central News Agency, the only thing that they say is that Otto has been detained for a hostile act against the state. Okay. This 20-something-year-old from uni and right. they don't say shit for another six weeks. So his parents are like freaking out. I bet the American government is like freaking out. They don't communicate officially. But the tour group, a spokesperson from the Young Pioneers tour group, say that this there's been an incident at the hotel. Mm. And finally, on February 29th, 2016, so that's literally two months later, mm-hmm. radio silence until two months later, Otto appears and he reads from a statement and when you look at this, you have to consider a few things. Otto has been at the hands of the North Korean dictatorship. And not saying anything, we're not accusing anything, but the North Korean dictatorship has been accused by refugees and by different organizations of torture and inhumane treatment. And you don't really have to look too hard for headlines like we were punching bags and hell on earth, the horrors of North Korean torture camps. Mm -hmm. And Otto has been in this country for two months, not saying that he was tortured or anything, but like, you know, there there has been speculation as well. Not by us, of course, because we don't know shit, but you know, by like new sources and they can't really determine to whether or not this confession was forced. Right. Um, did they torture him or coerce him? Maybe, maybe not. We don't know anything. So I would recommend watching the video. The video is still up and out there, but something looks very wrong. So he doesn't look like his photos from before. He suddenly looks a lot older, a lot more tired. He looks massively stressed. And his cadence of speech is also very strange, okay? So you have an idea of how Americans speak. It's very smooth, it's very fluid. And then suddenly his cadence of speech becomes like how he talks about the humanitarian treatment of the North Korean government and their fair and square judgments. These aren't phrases that people use in like regular speech. He says... 
that he snuck into a staff only area of the hotel. So not right. level five, as okay. everyone speculated. Like I think it was level two. And he says that he stole a propaganda poster. Ooh, and this poster says, let's arm ourselves with Kim Jong-il's patriotism. I don't know what kind of patriotism validates the arrest of a kid stealing a propaganda yeah, poster. Months, yeah. <laughs> but this sounds a bit strange. Okay, in the longer form of his confession, he says that he wanted to steal this poster on behalf of a Methodist church in his hometown mm -hmm. and a secret society in the University of Virginia. And this secret society was called the Z Society. And for some reason, this Methodist church and this secret society were associated, were aligned with the CIA, the Central Intelligence Agency of the US, which is very strange. And to my limited knowledge, I don't think it's something that the CIA does. But why would they want a poster? <laughs> yeah, why would they want a poster? And these organizations, they promised to pay him if he stole the poster. Right. And if he got caught, they promised to like settle his legal fees and make sure that nothing happened. And so this wild confession, right? It made sources, reputable sources like the New York Times reporters, they sit up and they're like, hmm, this sounds like a script written by... Yeah, propaganda department, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know, suggested, alleged, supposed. Right. Sorry, North it's also, Korea. It's also a very strange story to have made up. Why why not? Exactly. Go no. More hardcore if they like he was he was spying. Secrets or yeah. yeah. He he went into like their ministries to try to steal secrets. Yeah. But then the thing is that you need like some level of corroboration, right? And if you're on a state sanctioned tour, you're not going to go anywhere near that. Okay. So so the whole spiel is that he stole the poster to demotivate North Korean citizens. Right. <laughs> but nobody goes to the fifth floor anyway. Not like they look at the poster all the time. Right? Okay. <laughs> so if you are really observant and you've been paying attention as well, you would have remembered that Otto is Jewish. So he's not Methodist. Yeah. So he's why would he be associated with the Methodist church? Yeah. If anything, he would be doing something for synagogue, no? Mm. And so this is late February 2016. Yep. And on 16th of March, about three months or so after his arrest, the US envoy Bill Richardson, he meets with North Korean diplomats in the UN office to ask for Otto to be released. Because in the grand scheme of things, it's literally a kid stealing a poster. Yep. You know what I mean? But this doesn't work. And Otto is charged and convicted in the North Korean Supreme Court. And in this court, there's this other piece of evidence. It's this ultra low resolution video. Okay. And it's like a CCTV video. Yeah, but it's like, Worse than CCTV is like a 2000s webcam on your Nintendo video. Right. All right, so there's this black figure taking a poster off the wall and putting it on the floor. It is a black figure. Okay. You cannot tell who it is. Okay. All right, and the black figure could literally be anyone. Right. And then so, so they take the video of the black figure taking the poster off the wall, putting it on the floor... And then suddenly it cuts. It cuts to these random pictures mm. of Otto walking out of a lift. Okay. And then I'm a bit like, as an impartial source, if you told me it was the same person, maybe. But if you told me that these were the completely different people, mm. and this and and the photos of him walking off the lift were photoshopped, I would be like, yes, yes, this is plausible. When he walked out of the lift, was he carrying anything? Like no, and he wasn't even, you can't even tell what clothes he was wearing in the black right. video and like right, the yeah, photo. Okay. So it's just very nonsense lah. Okay. If you really wanted to accuse him of something, why not just use one long continuous video? You know what I mean? 
Okay. For the lift coming out, but they didn't even use a video. It was just like the shittiest screen caps that yeah. could be like photoshopped. Okay, so he says that he tried to take the photo, the poster, and then he realized it was too big. So he put it on the floor and ran away. And allegedly, an employee of the hotel later comes in and sees the photo on the floor, the poster on the floor. And then he pulls up this mysterious, disjointed CCTV footage, and right. here we are. Okay. All right, and with this, Kangaroo caught this supposedly fair and square trial. For allegedly taking a poster and putting it on the floor, he's sentenced to 15 years of hard labor. Here's my question. I mean, yeah, it's all very terrible. Uh, but he confessed already. He confessed already. Why do they need the CCTV footage? Like, <laughs> <laughs> he said he did it. Like. To add to, you know, North Korea's alleged fair and square. They're but like, he confessed. Look at <laughs> he no, just no. sentenced him. <laughs> it's like, it's like he, I bet the North Korean judges were like, look at us, you're doing due process, you know? I mean, we don't even do that in Singapore. If you if you confess to a crime and there's no evidence of oppression or inducement or whatever, it just goes to sentencing and you're like, you plead guilty. And yeah, but look at, look at North Korea with their multiple levels of caught in... Right. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Very strange, but okay. <laughs> okay, so... So in the court case, did it say that he continued to uphold that he was guilty? <laughs> I think that a lot of... In a lot of cases, they tell you, why don't you just go with this and we'll let you off lightly or we'll let you go in a few years. Right. Yeah, and maybe even to his detainers, they're like, oh, actually 15 years is nothing compared to what we put... Mm. People who try to run from North Korea. Right, okay. Yeah. Okay, so one thing we cannot say about this case is that Otto's parents didn't do the most. They did the most. So at that time, 2016, America was under the Obama administration. Mm. And for some reason, they were encouraged to keep a low profile, even though the parents, they wanted to be part of the negotiations. And I think it's it's a fair point. You know what I mean? Yep. But uh, okay, I can see both sides. Yeah. As a parent, you'd want to be part of it. But as a diplomat, the parents probably might fuck things up. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> okay. No, but if you read tabloids and troll the internet... so. Even if they want part of the negotiation, why did they have to keep a low profile? And some people suggest it's because the administration at that time, they didn't want the Obama administration to end to be remembered by this failure to negotiate for auto. Right. But then objectively, yeah, it could have been that them just randomly speaking out about this might have actually had like the opposite effect. You know, North Korea might have been like, why are you talking so much about this? He clearly confessed. Mm. Yeah. So the months drag on and we move forward to 13th June 2017. And then it's announced that North Korea had released Otto with the help of the State Department. At this point of time, right, the administration has moved on to the Trump administration. Yep. And for all its shortcomings... <laughs> And there are many when it comes to the Trump administration. This is was like a good thing that happened at that point of time. Yep. But maybe this was something that was already in the works from the moment that he was. I mean, Trump is friendlier to the North Koreans. It's true, it's true. Did, they they did, did have happen? that meeting in Singapore. Yeah, so I was going to ask, did this happen after the <laughs> summit in Singapore? I, I can't remember. what When was the summit? It's quite early in the Trump administration, I think. But yeah. I don't remember which year. Okay, so let's talk about the release. So now, during this discussion, this negotiation with North Korea, 
the official style, the American representative that auto-ate some tainted food and contracted foodborne botulism. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, he also took a sleeping pill and then he fell into a coma. And allegedly, he's been in this coma since April 16th. So literally, four months after his arrest, he was in a coma, which is a little bit like, oh, if you're in a coma since April 16th, why didn't you tell anyone? And why would he still be serving his prison sentence in his coma? You know what I mean? Right. So This he- is another strange story, right? <laughs> why would they... Okay, I mean, it's very suspicious, but like, why not... If you're going to lie, why not say he fell into a coma closer to the date of his release? Right. Why, like... See, it was so long ago. And, and then you just anything. didn't do anything yeah, it's about like a it. Weird lie to tell. Very ill considered. And I bet they have like a whole state department to come up with these things, right? Yeah. He's evacuated from the Pyongyang Friendship Hospital and taken to the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. The hospital is called the Pyongyang Friendship Hospital. <laughs> the hospital is called the Pyongyang <laughs> Friendship Hospital, <laughs> yes. A primary school kid named this hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Pyongyang Friendship Hospital. Okay. So now, Otto wasn't in the kind of coma that you see on TV. He was in something called a persistent vegetative state. So he could breathe, right. he could blink his eyes, but he couldn't respond in to any change in environment. He couldn't understand language, no movements. And according to some very suspicious MRIs that were dated, quote-unquote dated to April, he had brain damage. Hmm. And when the medical center did additional brain scans, he had extensive loss of brain tissue, which was consistent with a cardiopulmonary event, so like a heart attack. Oh. Yeah, that caused no oxygen to the brain. And what's more is that at the point where they were investigating this, there was no evidence of food-related botulism. Mm. But what's interesting to a lot of people also is that there isn't any signs, there weren't any signs of physical abuse or torture, just not the conventional signs anyway. Okay. So so there was no evidence of healed fractures. And even the doctors were like, okay, he looks really good for someone who is who's allegedly been bit ridden for a year. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm. So he didn't have bit sores, he wasn't like atrophying too much. Mm. And to be completely objective, one thing is that given the time frame between when he allegedly got botulism and when he was written, it's also possible that he had like a very faint strain of it mm. and that it just the evidence of it just disappeared given like how long it took from the coma to the point where he was returned to the US. Mm. Which also is like, well, maybe if he got the botulism and was returned earlier, could something have been done, right? Yeah. Okay, and just taking a while, guess, one of the theories out there is that there are more ways to torture somebody than breaking bones. There are ways to torture people without leaving evidence, like, like conventional. Or something. Yeah, and if you did that, and if you really, like, tortured the person a bit too much, and you didn't want anyone to find out, but you also didn't want the bad press of returning a dead body... Mm wouldn't what what motivation would you have to send a in good condition person that just happened to fall sick in a way that they couldn't tell mm. people what happened yes, and so because he was in the state right his parents made a really tough decision to remove his feeding tube oh dear okay yeah and Otto died on 2 20 p.m on 19th of june 2017 Okay, and North Korean officials, they had the fucking audacity to say that they were the biggest victim. Oh no, their country was the biggest victim because his death was a smear campaign against their state. 
Okay. <laughs> what? And they were so great. They were so great showing mercy and giving him medical care, you know, like any normal person would. Okay. We're going to fast forward this a little bit, but apparently in April 2019, so just a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. the Washington Post they actually released this information that when the American representatives were evacuating Otto from, from this situation, this medical condition that was clearly caused by his detention, the North Korean officials passed the US delegation a bill for $2 million. Like a medical bill. Like a medical bill. Well, <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, but you see, the thing is, if in the very unlikely event, the their story is true that he fell ill very early on and then I suppose there's a lot of medical <laughs> there would actually have been a lot of medical uh, <laughs> like I thought in a communist involved. country you have free medical <laughs> care huh? do you? I don't know I thought like everything is free free education free medical care is that true? I redistribution true. of wealth right? yeah but that doesn't mean free <laughs> who's Can't. paying for it then? wait wait let's google <laughs> is it free? I don't know I know Berlin has free um, education but they are not communist <laughs> just socialist <laughs> According to conflictandhealth.biomedcentral.com, North Korea claims, the Public Health Act in North Korea claims that North Korea provides comprehensive free care system. Really? Theoretically. They have high taxes. <laughs> Who's paying for all this? <laughs> I guess they are. They are hmm, that's interesting. So... But the US, um, Trump denies that the US paid this bill. I mean, like the audacity. You pay this bill? No. Yep. Yeah. So now there's a few theories also. And remember, these are just theories. And whenever we discuss theories, take it with a pinch of salt. Yeah. And in one, this Korean American businessman called Kim Dong Chul, he was also detained at the same time because remember, Korea kidnaps people. Mm. All right. And he says that he saw this young American who was like almost passing out, being dragged across the hallway by investigators with his head completely wet. And this is suggesting that he was waterboarded. Mm. And Kim Dong-chul also said that he was a victim of water torture. Okay. And he has no reason to lie, no reason whatsoever. Right? And water torture can cause a lack of oxygen. With water torture, there's actually no very obvious signs of torture. You know Mm. what I mean? Yeah. It's not like... physical, like... Exactly. So you can't rule that out. So... Other doctors have also suggested things like a blood clot, pneumonia, sepsis, kidney failure, mm. right? And sleeping pills. And, and in the instance that it was botulism, why were they prescribing him sleeping pills? Because sleeping pills could have stopped him from breathing together mm. with the botulism. Very strange. So these are all theories. La. Yeah. Okay, so there was one thing. There was one interesting piece of physical evidence is that when they were examining his teeth, they were kind of in good condition surprisingly good condition okay except for one thing when you compare them to earlier dental records Mm -hmm. like from before and if you have braces your dentist will have like years of dental records Mm, on you like my dentist has years all the way from like right before i got braces like in my early 20s so it's deep for leaning backwards like there had been impact and expert witnesses, like, you know, those court expert witnesses, mm. they say that this could have been evidence of torture. Like when you, when you're getting electroshock torture, mm-hmm. your teeth, yeah, right? you bite down on something okay. and the degree of which you cannot control, it pushes your teeth backwards. Mm. Right. So Otto was buried on 22nd, June, 2017, about a year and a half after his arrest. And a month later, on July 2017, the American government 
ban U.S. tourists from visiting North Korea, and for good reason. Mm. Yeah. I mean, wh- why would you go somewhere where you are public enemy number one? Yeah. And in November of 2017, North Korea was relisted as a state sponsor of terrorism. In April 2018, Fred and Cynthia, they sued the North Korean government. Mm-hmm. And usually as a private citizen, you can't sue a country. Um, Not in yes, the U.S. Yes. But because North Korea was now a state sponsor of terrorism, damages can be paid to victims of countries who are state sponsors of terrorism there. On 24th December, Christmas Eve, Chief Judge Howell, he ordered North Korea to pay 500 or so million in damages. And his judgment was couriered to the North Korean Foreign Ministry in Pyongyang. And I always wonder how you get international mail into North Korea can DHL get there? Can I'm sure they have. I'm sure they have some <laughs> logistics. Uh-huh. So like when you send it there, like how do you pay? Do you have to have like a North Korean courier service on your... Yeah, they probably have their like ninja van. <laughs> not, <laughs> not North Korea van. Yeah. But you know, like because this is registered mail, right. they know that the North Korean ministry got it. Yep. And they just like, nope, we're not accepting this and they return the mail. Of course, what, what did they expect was going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's unlikely that North Korea as a country will ever pay the fine. But what they can do is get damages for funds for state-sponsored tax of er- terrorism from North Korean assets outside of North Korea, mm, yep. which they do. So on July 2019... Otto's parents, they filed a claim on a North Korean cargo ship that was violating international sanctions on North Korean coal. Mm. And it was ordered to be sold to compensate both Otto's parents and the family of Kim Dong-shik, another victim of North Korea. That's good. And the last we know of this case is that in 2022, Otto's parents awarded a scholarship under his name to a North Korean defector. Very nice. Yeah, and that is the case of Otto Wombier. Okay, so there's one important person that we don't really talk about during this case because he's not technically like very central to this case. Okay. And it's Danny Gratton. Remember the roommate that he was? Shit, uh, see you. Yeah, that's yeah. the last we saw of him or something. Exactly. Like that. Yep. So they were they actually got really close during the five days because they were spending every day together and they were two single men on a trip. They were bros, you know what I mean? They right. they became bros. Yep. And so Danny seems like a nice enough person in interviews. And one important thing is that during this time together, let's say if Otto really had any plans, right? Surely he would be like sneaking around and scheming. Yeah. But Danny was like, no, Otto was literally just on holiday. You know what I mean? And he never ever indicated in a way that he wanted to steal a propaganda poster because if he was going to surely every time they passed a propaganda poster he would have been like hmm, propaganda poster uh, yeah but, but they presumably presumably they wouldn't have passed it because it's on a restricted floor yeah alright so he believes and I think quite a lot of people agree with him on the internet at least mm. that the North Korean government just singled out Otto to make a point and it was just like almost like a group roulette. That's yeah. why I was asking, like, why is there multiple Americans on the... So not not anyone is saying that they did, but you can see that kind of thing happening if they wanted to have, like, a show of anti-American sentiment and strength within North Korea itself. That's an interesting theory. My only, like, issue would be if you if that's the way... You, 
the North Korean government wanted to play, wouldn't you like come up with a much more with a much story? better like, story? Like if I was a North like Korean North Korea is, uh, you would have been like America is sabotaging us by stealing our nuclear plants. Yeah, no, exactly. If I was a North Korean person, I'd be like, oh, he stole a poster. Okay, big whoop. <laughs> wouldn't be like, yeah, no, oh, I'm so angry if, with this guy. If you like don't put poster. up the poster in, if you don't put up a poster in North Korea or something, I was reading one of the factor books, right? right? But it's mentioned that if you don't have the poster or you don't show reverence to the poster, you get sent to a gulag. Okay. Like a hard labor camp. Right. Or, you know, you get executed. Mm. And your neighbors will knock on you there because they've created a environment of fear. Mm. Will you knock on me, Ruben? Uh, see how the... Everybody hear this now. <laughs> <laughs> Ruben's a knock. Alright, so anyway, the takeaway is it's probably not a good idea to visit North Korea on holiday. Yeah, it doesn't sound... I know a lot of people who've gone, but they relatively uneventful trips. Yeah, my secondary school teacher... My secondary school history teacher went, and he, history teachers definitely feel like the type of people who would want to go. Yeah. Yeah, and he had all these, like, photos, and you can tell that they're state-sanctioned photos because it's the same tourist photos that every tourist yes. is allowed to take. So, and like, they all stay in the same hotels. And, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah, the other thing is that... I mean, you shouldn't go anywhere, but... I suppose the safest country to be in, to go, one of the safest countries would be Singapore because we are apparently kind of allied. Not allied, but we're neutral. Like, yeah. we, that's why they had the summit here, right? Because we're not. We're uh, not offensive to them. Not enemies, I guess. Yeah, no, I think that another country that would be reasonably safe is if you're Chinese because. Oh, no, they, that's 100% safe. Yeah, not they do, do so much business with China. And, like, <laughs> if, you, if you're a North Korean defector and you run into the Chinese site, right, right you yeah. will either be kidnapped by a Chinese gang or you'll be um, extradited back to North yeah, Korea. Yeah, and I don't think. I think China's probably the one country North Korea would never try to piss off. Yeah, exactly. China just crush them, right? Like, no, and China <laughs> is like a massive source of their economy, like their labor. Yeah. They sell their labor out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if you're a North Korean defector, you have to run out through Mongolia. And then after that, you'll get cross examined massively because they don't want to make sure that they want to make sure that they're not letting in a North Korean spy under the guise of a refugee. Mm. Yeah, because imagine you let in a North Korean spy and a North Korean spy finds out everybody else that was escaping and figure out how they were escaping to stop that. Mm, yeah, true. Yes. <laughs> Thanks as always for listening to this week's episode of The Briefcase. Thanks for being on the show, Ruben. No worries. No choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, happy 2023. We're starting out this year a little bit heavy, but as always... I will try to be a bit more consistent. Like, the reality of this episode is that I wanted to put it out earlier, but then my old mic was, like, a bit fuzzy. You can always DM or tag me at a briefcase podcast on Instagram this 2023. Another thing we're going to try to do is be a bit more active there, especially now we've got Canva. Got to shake things up. And as always, you can find me online at abriefcasepodcast.com, which I will also try to update <laughs> now that we are an award-winning podcast. Yeah. All right. And do join us next week for... Another Briefcase. <laughs>